Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Forever GM, an actual play podcast where the five of us GM slash game designers run games for each other. Uh, before I go into a brief explanation of what this podcast is going to be, I think we should probably start with some introductions. And since I'm already talking, I'll start. Uh, my name's Adam, and I've been designing and GMing a whole bunch of role-playing game systems for a little over five years now. Uh, my name is Cindy, um, and I've been working with tabletop role-playing games not too terribly long, probably only like three, four years, uh, and I've only recently in the last year started making my own adventures uh, and getting to know different systems than the couple of ones that I grew up on. So it's good to meet you. Uh, I'm Alex, uh, Alex Guerrero. I designed games as uh, Fractal Dragon Games on Itch.io. And uh, I have been, I guess, in what we used to call the story games scene for nine-ish years, something like that. Wow, a real veteran. I like it. As much as one can be in, uh, not even though, because like, you know, I, I came up learning from people who were in it before I. I'm Maddie D. Uh, I make games under the name Matara Makes Games. It's, you know, pretty self-explanatory what that does i'm on itch.io uh and i've been making games for pretty long i want to say six or seven years like you know as a hobby but before that in high school middle school and sixth grade we were you know making adventures and stuff for ourselves so uh and me hi folks uh i go by d but I guess it's fine enough to reveal that my name is Abby because I had to reveal that for the any judge thing. So, you know, hi. Um, I've been running games for, I want to say, 11. It might touch on 12 years now. I've been running games for longer than I've been playing them. So that's how that works. Uh, I also sometimes design games and sometimes write adventures and do do things that when I see call out fours on the internet, I just say, okay, sure. I'll just write for that. Let's go for it. Um, and I'll be the GM for this uh, venture. Yeah. So, uh, so speaking of that, um, let's talk about a, a little bit about what exactly this podcast is. Uh, so on forever GM, we are all going to be running campaigns for one another. So the show's going to feature a number of small campaigns. Each one's going to use a different system, and they'll probably be between five and ten episodes each. Um, they're going to be standalone stories with their own characters, and we're going to rotate the role of GM so that we can all have a chance to run games and play interesting characters. So while it's called Forever GM, none of us are going to be the Forever GM. Um, and I say that we're going to rotate the role of GM, but of course we'll very likely be playing some GMless games too. So a, a big part of this is going to be um, us discovering new systems, and hopefully the listeners can listen along and discover some new systems and new games as well. So for our first game, we're going to be playing Quest. It's a pretty new role-playing game, and it was created by TC Sotek. I hope that I pronounced that right. Um, and as Dee said, uh, she's going to be um, the GM for this campaign. So I'm going to turn it over to you if you'd like to explain anything else about the game or if you just want to jump right into character introductions. All right. Hi, folks. Um, yeah, so we'll be playing Quest. It's a fairly simple game. Uh, 
you roll a d20 and see what happens. There's five range bands from like failure all the way to success. It's not that difficult. What I really love about it is that it focuses a lot on the evocative storytelling, the like the abilities everyone can do. There's like a lot of player facing power. And I really want to see what a group of people that run games can do with this kind of power. Yeah, I'm very excited to try this out. It's been uh, been talked about so much and I've read the book, but I this is going to be my first time actually playing it. So it's so pretty. It's really pretty. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, character introductions, please. Uh, uh, Adam, can you start? Absolutely. So I'm going to be playing a character named Jaxer Ray. Uh, Jaxer is, well, I think it's worth mentioning that in this world that we're playing, at least all of our characters are all different sorts of uh, kind of hybrid animal humans. Um, so Jaxer is kind of like a fox person. He's got fox ears and a fox tail. Um, he's pretty young. Um, I believe he's about 19 years old. Um, he comes from a small fishing and like hunting village. Um, and he was he was kind of like a very wide-eyed young person who thought that the world was a really wonderful and beautiful place um, until he realized that like the tax collectors working on behalf of the nobles of a nearby city were real bad people. Um, so he would periodically kind of go out and try to kind of Robin Hood style robbed from the rich to uh, give back to his community until he got caught one day, uh, which made him kind of be exiled from his community. And so now he's going to be traveling with the rest of this group because he, he can't find his way back home or can't go back home rather. Uh, Manny, you got something? Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to be playing Sir Hellion Castain. Uh, Hellion is... A knight of the Waywatcher order. Uh, they're sort of a road warden type order that mostly travels up and down a major um, like trade road and keep used to keep it safe. But the main thrust of Hellion's story and backstory more specifically is that they're from a town called Old Valekirk, which has the appellation city of sleeping vows because about a hundred years ago, they got involved in a big old war. Uh, and one of their enemies in that war cursed them such that all of the knightly orders of the city would one day abandon or betray their vows. So they still have knights, but everyone who serves as a knight is just sort of this, you know, tragic hero doomed to, befall some terrible so fate cool. um <laughs> <laughs> i i thought i thought up the idea and i thought i liked it so it, it seemed like cool a cool idea so sir hellion is uh female i just like the title sir for knights i think it's mm -hmm. it's nice um especially spelled with an e <laughs> game of thrones style <laughs> um but yeah so hellion is a waywatcher knight a traveling knight. And as Adam said, all of our characters are sort of hybrid animal people. And Hellion has kind of lizardy uh, aspects. She, she's got scales down 
parts of her body, especially where like the bone comes close to the surface, like on elbows and cheekbones and stuff. And a big old lizard tail. Just cute. So cute. (laughs) (laughs) We ended up getting one of my friends to design a bunch of these characters. And I can, I can assure you that they're all freaking adorable. Uh, Cindy. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to be playing a Coco Broadgrin, uh, who, in keeping with the animal theme, is kind of rabbit-themed. Uh, she has these big, uh, long, white ears and, like, really powerful legs. Uh, she also has, like, a lot of energy and confidence um, because she is out in the world to have kind of a late-in-life adventure. Uh, she's a, a mature woman. You can be up to 300 years old in Quest, so she's 223. So she's in, like, the latter third, beginning of the latter third of her life. Um, and she hasn't really left her, her tiny little village ever before. Um, so she just wants to go out and have like a big old adventure and she's especially drawn to, uh, Hellion because Hellion seems just kind of sad at this point. Uh, cause you know, she's cursed <laughs> and, uh, has betrayal and stuff. So Okoko is going to try to put a smile on her face and we'll see if she can. Aww. Uh, she's also going to try to protect everyone, uh, cause she is the party's fighter. Uh, and she's a brawler. I didn't give her any weapons because I just wanted her to just punch and kick people. Um, and so that's who a Coco is. <laughs> oh, right. I forgot to mention, and I don't remember if Jaxer mentioned either, our our character's roles. Um, right. Yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. We, could, uh, <laughs> we could read some of the character profile stuff, too, if we wanted. Because that's got some nice things about how you move and stuff. Well, I have mine here if we just want to read those off. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, in Quest, the character sheet has this nice big chunk of it on the left side called the character profile that lets you fill in your name, uh, your character's age, and then a whole bunch of nice descriptive elements about them. And so that's what we're pulling up here. And I'm about to read mine. Uh, says, hi, my name is Helian Castain. I am 28 years old and stand five feet, eight inches tall. I am the party's invoker, a knight with runic magics. When people see me, they first notice my stark white hair and eyes, uncomfortable stare and patterns of dark scales on my cheekbones. I wear long leather boots, a faded blue long coat and move with focus and purpose. I'm from Old Veilkirk's City of Sleeping Vows, where people are known, where my people are known for a shameful history of our knightly orders falling inevitably to darkness. I believe in honoring my words with deeds, but my pessimistic side can get in the way. I dream of redeeming the Knights of Veilkirk, or at the very least, redeeming my fallen mentor, Elaine. That's wonderful. <clears throat> yeah, so I'll read mine as well. Uh, Hi, my name is Jaxer Ray. I'm 19 years old and I stand five feet tall. I'm the party's naturalist. When people see me, they first notice my big fluffy ears, gentle disposition, and my big old goofy smile. Uh, I wear an old green tunic, a feathered cap, and I move with an effortless glide. I'm from the small fishing village of Northwind, where my people are known for their connection to nature and their love for the land and sea. Uh, I believe in generosity, but my zealous side can tend to get in my way sometimes, and I dream of being welcomed back into my community. 
Uh, I pretty much said everything for Akoko's, but I'll just keep with the standard and read it out loud, uh, which is that, hi, my name is Akoko Broadgrin, she, her. I'm 223 years old and stand 7 foot 3 inches tall. I'm the party's fighter. When people see me, they first notice my bunny-like ears, wide shoulders, and ever-positive attitude. I wear well-worn leather armor, a billowing red cape, and move with a confident step. I'm from a remote village where my people are known for their hospitality and sense of fair play. I believe in helping whomever I can, but my competitive side can get in the way. I dream of returning to my village as a hero that my belated wife would be proud of. And Alex. All right. I'll uh, start by reading out my profile as well. Uh, my name is Elegy Obad, she, her. I'm 128 years old and stand 5 foot 6 inches tall. I'm the party's doctor. When people see me, they first notice my tentacle hair, smooth gray skin, and striking yellow eyes. I wear long gloves, opulent morning wear, and move with predatory grace. I'm from Terriad Beneath the Waves, where my people are known for elaborate parties, courtly manners, and vicious, deadly rivalries. I believe in pleasure and comfort for all, but my wrathful and vindictive side can get in the way. I dream of solving the ongoing mystery of the deaths and disappearances of my many spouses. <laughs> Ooh. I love elegy. <laughs> my, uh, my little backstory thing uh, with that uh, was that uh, there is a, a mysterious undersea deity called the Riptide Queen who will like yank you around with currents and like take you to weird places and sometimes you just never come back and sometimes you like find a cool secret. Uh, and that has happened to Elegy a lot of times, so that's where she has learned some of her cool doctor magic. But also, a bunch of the people that she has cared about in her life just keep disappearing, because she has uh, Miss Fisher's murder mystery syndrome, where wherever she goes, <laughs> like mysterious locked room murders just happen. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Curious. Um, I also am realizing, which I kind of love, that everyone in the party is hundreds of years old, except good little Jaxer, who's 19. I'm I'm only I'm only 28. Oh, okay, there you go, there you go. We've got like two young members of the party and then two older ones. To to Jaxer's point of view, I probably am like a hundred something years <laughs> old. At that point, yeah, the difference is just enormous. Yeah, at that point, we all ready to get started. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, some uh, housekeeping things to really mention. I have some rules I tend to like bring up whenever. And I've invented just for this game. Um, one, I do something called down the line. Uh, sometimes I will just ask uh, folks in order. In this case, it will be Adam, Maddie, Cindy, and then Alex in that order. Uh, sometimes I will ask you all to like include a detail uh, of the nearby area or the surroundings or of this room. I think that's that'll be pretty good, especially since we're all like, you know, We've all run games, I assume. We have. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, just like adding like one detail. Like this place smells funky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and secondly, I'm incorporating this rule. I'm called flashbacks. I stole it shamelessly from Blades in the Dark. Um, so flashbacks. Everyone starts off with one flashback point. And you have a maximum of two. Whenever you flashback, you can show how you might have in the past prepared for a situation or detail a scene of how you know a certain NPC. And you gain a flashback point whenever you roll a natural one. Nice. Wonderful. 
And with that, let's get started. Well, everyone, welcome to Forever GM. Uh, my name is D. I'm going to be running Quest for You, and I'm going to call this adventure the Cut of the Everglades. Your story begins where three rivers meet, the Shattered Waters, a region occupied by raiders. From the ice-capped peaks in the west to the crumbling ruins of Calcarius, you'll find pioneers looking for a home and bandits looking to take from them. In this world, magic is uncommon, danger is looming, and daily life is humble, quiet, and impending. People here are hopeful that the various raiders will be pushed out and eventually they can build their settlements. But the seers of the land speak of grim omens. The party follows the trail of Sir Elaine, a knight that has broken their vow. It's early fall in the shattered waters. The winds are sharp, the trees are a blend of orange and yellow, and wagon wheels creak underneath you. You are part of a wagon of 20 traveling up north into the Shattered Waters, a region where many rivers, for some reason, seem to crisscross and meet, and to the point where um, like people that study geography don't really understand how it works because it seems to break a lot of laws of, of river passing. Uh, the area is a mix of fen and marshes, for some reason where when you're low enough to the ground and you take a step, your foot sinks like a half inch and water clogs up. You are above in a slightly like higher region, like a dirt road as you're traveling by wagon. Can I ask everyone down the line to add a detail either about the nearby area or the wagon itself? Let's start off with Jaxer. Yeah, definitely. So. The wagon has this one wheel that is just so squeaky. And I think that Jaxer at first found it kind of amusing, but now is so annoyed by it that he tries to stay as far away from it as he possibly can at all times. Um, <laughs> so consequently, because of that, he's often like not even with the the wagon itself because he's out in in the surrounding forest like foraging and trying to get this sound of the squeaky wagon wheel that haunts him in his sleep out of his head you've all been traveling for about 40 days so it's been eating at you oh real bad real bad next up hellion please what what's uh nearby area what are you thinking about actually a lot of the story is going to be fixated on you well i feel like i'm just kind of staring at the road ahead and every single day checking the map and double checking and triple checking and perseverating on every major landmark that we go past and double checking that versus the stuff that we, uh, the stuff in my maps and navigation logs that we might have, whatever this wagon train goes through regularly, just asking all of the locals until they're irritated. Are, are we sure we know where, where you are? You know, <laughs> All you really have to go on with is that there were rumors that Sarah Elaine was headed up towards the Shattered Waters. Mm. And 
that's mostly all you have. There are rumors that you've been able to follow. There is what seems to be a seer on board that sometimes you ask. Sometimes they, sometimes they speak nonsense. Sometimes they tell you exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. Just sounds like they're trying to make me go away. A little bit. <laughs> Just whatever it is that they think I want to hear. As someone that worked a little bit as a psychic, um, at some point, people get too into it. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, a Coco. So there is this really green quality of light in the area um, where it sort of starts out white and then as it filters through the canopy and through all the drops of water coming from the branches and leaves, it just turns like this emerald sparkling green um, that really just keeps catching Akoko's eyes. So she is constantly like looking up into the sunlight uh, and there's these birds that keep like whooping at each other, like whoop, whoop. And so that's what we hear as we're moving forward. Fantastic. It is not necessarily mating season for these birds, so it's not irritating, but it's very. In some, in sometimes they gather together like a chorus, so you hear like, yeah, like a cacophony of it every once in a while. As if they were all singing together. Oh, I love that. Elegy, please. Uh, I think something that is true about our wagon is that because of the like slightly irregular, marshy type of environment that we're going through, uh, the wagon is being pulled by like a big salamander. It's like the size of like an oh, ox, yeah. mm-hmm. and the and the driver has to sort of like you know wet it down and make sure it's nice and moist every once in a while. <laughs> oh. <laughs> perfect for the uh shattered lands uh sh- the shattered waters yes perfect what's this gigantic salamander's name Ooh, that's a good question it's fortimus fortimus fortimus, fortimus. Nice. <laughs> it has like the widest like smile and like when it sticks its tongue out it seems to be like three times the length of its body it's it's, it's, it's something <laughs> yeah I think Elegy is is like friends with the salamander for sure. Because <laughs> it's also kind of a watery creature like her. Exactly. So here in the Shattered Waters, you would know this because you've been you've you've been talking to people for the last 40-ish days, right? Uh someone give me a name for an NPC. Erish. Erish. Uh Erish, this this like old adventure, uh, old adventurer. However, he was retiring to become a bartender. Uh, he's part of this group of pioneers. Pioneers are particularly common in the Shattered Waters. It's it's a land where, how can I say this? There's many groups because it because there's no kingdom that really has these waters under its control. This land. Many people look to make their homes here because there's no taxation, no taxes. Uh, so you get people coming in here, making villages that become towns, that towns that become cities, and cities that become ruins all within four years. Because this place, not only does it attract pioneers, it attracts bandits, mercenary troops, criminals, and such. So as much as there are people trying to create lives, there's as much people trying to create lives by taking from others. It's 
all this weird ecosystem of people creating a town, leaving, and creating a new town and leaving. Kind of like a Discord channel. (laughs) (laughs) Just That is a beautiful analogy. Yeah, just going up and then going all the way when some person just abuses all their power. (laughs) (laughs) The people here call themselves Driftwood because there's no place where any of them really get to stay. It's mid-afternoon. The sun is still in the sky. It's shining through the overhead into that brilliant green droplets and such. Erish looks over to you all uh, and he like gives a gruff. <laughs> we haven't spoken too much as you've traveled up here. What uh, brings you all to the uh, shared waters? Well, that kind of depends on on what our good friend Hellion wants to tell people, right, Hellion? <laughs> my head kind of pops up when my name is mentioned. I was like hunched over some my journal or something, and I just kind of look like I'm trying to pretend I was paying attention to the conversation. I say, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I look back down. <laughs> so that's what we're doing here. Just, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that Jaxer kind of like pops out of like the tree line right behind like where where Arish is. And it's like, yeah, no, definitely. That's exactly why we're here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, we're unhelpful. Traveling to help a uh, traveling to help a friend. That's uh, more than commendable. Um, I think that I kind of look at Coco and I kind of like mouth the words like I, I think it worked. And she says out loud. Yeah, it definitely did. <clears throat> uh in all of this what say i don't know elegy doing right now uh i think she is uh she is not in the wagon she's up up in front of it she's like walking alongside the uh the salamander and she's taken off her her like fancy uh yeah she's probably the sort of person who would wear like you know knee-high leather boots right but with high heels on them but she is not wearing them currently she has taken them off and she's hoisted up the like extensive petticoats of her uh, of her elaborate dress and is enjoying like squelching around on the ground uh with the with the squelchy uh you know wet um loam or whatever it is these uh lands are heavily fen so it is kind of just there's always like a layer of wet whenever you like step places there's the roads are a little bit drier but not by much yeah most people hate that but i'm very into it oh yeah it's not very it's like a it's it's like a road of just constant tiny annoyances kind of like a fly constantly buzzing in your ear but like some people like that it's like oh hey buddy i think that uh jaxer because like because a coco and all of us kind of have nearly given away too much information to Arish, who it seems like we don't want to give too much information to. I'm going to try to like distract him a little bit. Like I'm going to walk up and just be like, Hey, uh, Arish, have I, have I showed you this really cool stuff that I found around here? And, uh, I pull out like a, a kind of like fistful of what look like kind of thin tenderly plants with like little tiny white flowers all over them um and i hold it out and i'm like you know what this is right looks like grass wet grass well lots of wet grass. it's, ki- it's kind of like grass so they call it pennycress 
It, it, Penny. yeah, it, it grows around here. It grows in marshy areas, and it's delicious. I will just. Well, I will take Ab- your nope, word for nope, it. Nope, friend. absolutely not. I, absolutely I mean, that's not. Your Look, shoulder. You know what we're going to do today? Me and you, Arish, we're going to make some good memories. We're going to make ourselves uh, some, so we're going to eat some penny crest right, right off, right out, right out of the marsh. Me and you, it's going to be a great time. <laughs> Let's go. Do you take, do you take me for a cow? Uh... And a cocoa who's literally a bunny person is just like, what's wrong with eating grass? It's delightful. <laughs> Jaxer, are you are you taking people for cows again? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I have a bad habit of doing that. No. This I'm telling you, this stuff is so good and and there are so many places in the world where you can't eat it. Pennycress, it soaks up everything in the soil that's around it. So if if you have it near a settlement, then it's got all sorts of weird contaminants, but out here where it's beautiful and natural, I mean it's it's delicious. You want me to eat wet grass? Yes. I've never had it until I came here, but it is delightful. Okay, I'm just telling you that like the like the grains from where I'm where from I'm from do not taste like this. This is almost like it's like you can almost kind of see colors when you eat this grass. It's amazing. Thank you, Coco. And I definitely I definitely hand a little bit to a Coco. Yeah, and she's definitely just eating it. It's so it's psychedelic grass, psychedelic wet grass. No, like okay, no, like okay, I'm not saying it right, but it's just it's so good. But you don't know until you tried it, and like Jaxer knows. Jaxer can keep telling you it's amazing. He's, I am no so longer amazing. surprised why our rations have been so well throughout this trip. With half of you eating but uh, nothing but grass. Well, I mean, I think what you mean to say is you can tell why our rations are still. So available is because we're so resourceful. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. It's thanks to Jaxer. He pointed out all these really delicious, like grasses and fungi and things. I've just, I've really enjoyed hanging out with you, Jaxer. You know the best food. Yeah, I've, I've been traveling with them for a few months now, and I can confirm they eat nothing but what they find by the road. It's, it's <laughs> kind of a problem. Sometimes, yes. Uh, I think Elegy has, uh, has stepped back. Uh, to the wagon and she is also uh eating she's got uh on her on, on her beautiful ornate dueling trident she has speared like a, like a big frog <laughs> from out of the uh, the side of the marsh and uh, and is is like peeling it off of the of the tines and about to just like chomp into it in front of everyone i'm more okay with that than just eating wet grass Oh, the people are eating grass here? That well, I suppose it's fine for you, but it, it really doesn't sit well with me. LG, hold on. Don't eat that frog. Can you can you catch us more frogs? Obviously, I can catch anything I want. Okay, here's what I'm thinking. We catch some more frogs. We harvest their legs, frog legs and penny crest for dinner. You're only eating the legs of a frog? That seems very wasteful. And as she smiles, you can see the, like, sharp, uh, shark-like teeth lining her mouth. (laughs) Does Elergy just slightly unhinge her jaw? Like, it's a little bit longer than you think it's supposed to be? (laughs) Definitely, definitely. So she says, well, you can have the legs. I'll just take the rest then. And she just, like, hunk. Did you know frog brains are a delicacy? My wife loved them. I just look at Arish and I shake my head a little bit. Like I don't, I don't know what these people are about. It's, it's fine. <laughs> Do you, I assume you've been eating the grass as well. No, <laughs> I've, I've been, no. I've been eating rations. The frog. 
The rations, yes. Like a rational person. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. I, I do like it when they're having fun, though, so I'll get a bag for them and give it to Jaxer and ruffle his ears. <laughs> go, go, go catch some frogs. And I think that uh, if if no one's looking at Jaxer, he's going to try to catch Okoko's attention and just melt the words like, I think it worked. Yeah, the guy uh, the guy has been definitely been distracted because you just eat grass off the road. 100% so. And then Jaxer just being uh, the fool that he is, um, is going to be like, well, now that you don't want to know why we're traveling to the uh, Shattered Waters anymore, I'm going to go find some more of this penny grass. You go have a good time, Jaxer. My shoulders slump. <laughs> Can a Coco roll? Give me a roll, please. Oh, that's a straight nine. With a straight nine, you succeed in your action, but there's a cost. Okay. Um, you hear your ears twitch. Akoko's ears like twitch as they hear something far off, kind of into the distance. One, you are able to hear more, more details about it, but you don't care or you don't really hear it much at all. And you just get like a vague, uneasy feeling. I would say that a Coco doesn't really hear because she's probably like draped herself on top of Hellion and just be like, are we doing a good job keeping your secrets? Are we doing a good job? She wants to confirm and get that. So like something, if something is coming, it's very much needing to get through this conversation yeah. that she's having. While that's happening, I am just kind of like thousand yards staring into the distance. Which is why she keeps asking, because you're not verbally responding to her. So she's just like, no, you have to like tell me, are we doing a good job? Yes. What direction are you thousand yards staring? So I'm just kind of staring straight out the front. So then you'd be the first to see. Well, you kind of hear it first. But it's a soft whistling noise. And right in front of you, an arrow flies through the air and just misses Fortimus's back. I, I just turn immediately to Okoko and said, yes, you did a very good job. And then I chop out of the wagon and draw my sword. Thank you so much for tuning in to the first ever episode of Forever GM. We had a lot of fun recording this, and if you had fun listening, please consider leaving us a positive review on whatever platform you're using to listen. It really does go a long way in helping us reach new listeners. If you want to keep up with the show, you can find us on Twitter at ForeverGMPod. That's the number four ever GM pod. Or you can find our website at www.forevergm.com. Again, that's the number four, evergm.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for more Quest. <laughs>